Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 279 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future. If you have listened to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast in the past, you may have noticed the new introduction. Recruit Me and the Athletic Scholarship Podcast is inspired by both of my sons. My mission is to help you get your son or daughter the same fortunes our family have been blessed with in the college athletics field. If this is the first time listening to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, I welcome you. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is one of the many free and inexpensive resources and tools found at recruit-me.com. Go to recruit-me.com to sign up for the free recruiting power pack. You can see the background about me and about Recruit Me. Listen to any past athletic scholarship episodes and get a copy of the recruiting checklist for only $1. You can see information on the two books that John Fugler, the founder of Recruit Me, has written and then information and access to the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. The Recruit Me 3.0 system has audio, video, and downloadable digital materials available to you. The base of the Recruit Me 3.0 system is the 200-plus page downloadable manual. This manual has seven steps to an athletic scholarship, how parents and athletes work as a team, advice from Recruit Me families, Appendix C covering frequently asked recruiting questions, Appendix F on how to study, and the 10 myths about the athletic scholarships and more. In episodes 221 through 230 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, I cover and read one myth at the end of each of those episodes. Today, I will start a series of the 10 myths about athletic scholarships. So let's dive into the first of the 10 myths. Myth number one, if my child is good enough, the college coaches will find him or her. Truth, a very small percentage of high school student athletes receive scholarships because the coach happened to find him or her. Only the top-line athletes, the top 100 or so nationally, receive enough national media recognition that they are automatically recruited without having to make an effort. The other 99-plus percent have to take the initiative to contact the schools that they have interest in. Most schools' recruiting budgets are limited, and coaches rely on you to contact them first. They don't have the time or the budget to travel around the country to see your student-athlete compete. Video, stats, references, and the like become key tools for the coach in the recruiting and the evaluating process. Parents, you might think that it's too self-promoting to make the initial contact with a coach and to market your child. However, this is the norm. If you don't do it, other student-athletes will get the scholarship because they and their parents will have made the effort and received their attention. Coaches these days expect you to do this. It is an accepted practice. Let's dive into myth number one in a more in-depth way. As I read through the truths earlier, I wanted to pull out some of the key points and expand on those points. I'm going to cover the small percentage of high school student athletes actually get to play in college, how contacting colleges is important, how college coaches have low budgets and low amounts of time to recruit, the tools you need to have to contact college coaches, and why marketing the student athlete is important. 
Here is some information about a small percentage of high school student-athletes actually get to play in college. According to a fact sheet on NCAA.org, on the NCAA underscore recruiting fact sheet dot PDF, only 7% move from high school sports to a sport in the three NCAA levels. That is 7.2 million high school student-athletes moving to 499,000 NCAA student-athletes. Only 2% of all those NCAA student-athletes get athletic scholarship money. So, many incoming freshmen are going into the NCAA Division III where there are no athletic scholarships, or they are preferred walk-ons. Preferred walk-ons with no athletic scholarship money, but they get a good amount of academic money and are giving a spot on the college roster. Or a regular walk-on that has to earn a spot on the roster. There are also Ivy League student-athletes and military academies that have no athletic scholarships. The good news is that 2% is still a large number of college student-athletes and opportunities. Also add in the NAIA level and the junior college level of opportunities, and you can see there are roster spots for many different levels in many, many different sports with athletic and academic scholarships. Contacting college coaches is very important. And because most sports at most levels have low budgets for recruiting, the college coaches really need contacts from high school student-athletes and club and high school coaches. NCAA Division I football and men's basketball dominate sports news, and you see large amounts of money paid to coaches and attention to high-level five-star recruits. And that makes it seem that all the schools and all the sports have big recruiting budgets. There are large recruiting budgets in SEC football programs or ACC men's basketball, but Division II volleyball, NAIA wrestling, Division III softball, JUCO track and field, or even Division I soccer or most Division I baseball programs are low personnel resources and low in budget money. A resource I have at a mid-major D1 program says that their budget for recruiting was $2,000 last year and the coaches just use the money for official visits of recruits. Another college source for a large, highly competitive junior college gave me some approximate recruiting budgets for three JUCO programs. This JUCO had a recruiting budget of $30,000 for men's basketball, a recruiting budget of $8,500 for track and field, and $5,000 for the golf program. The $30,000 sounds like a lot, but when you take into account that the basketball team has at least 15 players, that's $2,333 per player. The golf would be approximately $625 per player, and the track and field is not much per player depending on the number of athletes on the track and field team. Here's a clip about college budgets from an interview with Kevin Easley, a dad of a D1 soccer player. Schools, unless they think they are one of your absolute top two or three choices, they don't like to spend it. They, they don't have large recruiting budgets for girls soccer, for instance. So unless they think you're, you're really super serious about them and they really think this kid, we just about got her reeled in, they try to keep things to unofficial visits so that they don't have to pay for it. Even in Division I programs, D1 sports like track and field, swimming and diving, or golf have low budgets. Low monetary budgets aren't the only problem with coaches recruiting. Another problem is coaches' time. Teams may have 8 to 10 players and one coach, or some teams have 20 to 25 players with three coaches. Or like Parker's D1 baseball team at Northwestern, there are 30 to 35 players with only three coaches. Time is a commodity that usually ends up being even less than the money. 
So most of the Recruit Me system, six of the seven steps, are about how to contact schools. Step one, select the right schools to contact. Step two, write a great email to coaches. Step three, create your one-sheet profile. Step four, build your questionnaires. Step five, track your communications. And step six, send one-page updates. And all those steps lead to step number seven, make your school choice wisely. These are all the tools you need to contact college coaches and get on their radar. You also have to maintain your grades, get good test scores, have game and skill videos, send your game schedules, get recommendations from coaches, administrators, and teachers, and go to camps, tournaments, and showcases. There are also social media strategies you need to develop. All this communication contains the marketing aspect of the student-athlete. Many high school student-athletes and their parents struggle with this marketing aspect. My definition of marketing is just telling the truth about the student-athlete that he or she has worked hard for and earned. Parker was not bragging when he included his 33 ACT score, or his all-conference and conference pitcher of the year, or his great ERA, or the pitcher of the week at the Junior Sun Belt Tournament. Sutton was not bragging when he sent a 60-yard dash time of 6.5 seconds, or his high summer batting average of 423, and his stolen base numbers. These are not bragging, and that's the way student-athletes feel sometimes. This is just telling coaches about you. The high-dollar recruiting services are sending this info out for their clients for a fee. Why do you feel awkward sending them out for free? In John Fugler's book, The Athletic Scholarship Playbook, he has a quote from Pat Dolan from St. Cloud State Baseball. Coach Dolan said, quote, You aren't a recruit until a coach knows about you, unquote. Do you want to hope a coach just happens to see you among the hundreds of other players at that summer tournament or reads about you in the local paper? Parker had recruiting contacts before he played in a showcase in South Chicago. But if he hadn't done some research and sent an email and video to Northwestern coaches, he would have never been on their radar. They would have never contacted the showcase coach, and the pitching coach for Northwestern would have never come to see him pitch. Sutton reached out to coaches and eventually attended a prospect camp and was given his first offer. That first offer gave Sutton the information and the confidence to keep doing research on other colleges of that level and led him to Columbia College. He made his choice to go to Columbia College, and it was a little closer to home. It fit his playing level and his academic interests. With Sutton's research and help of summer coaches, his choice became clear to play baseball for Columbia College. Neither Northwestern or Columbia found either one of my sons. My sons found them. So, who are you finding today? I perused Twitter for recruiting tips by coaches, parents, and organizations. Recently, Next Level Baseball, at Next Level BB, posted this. I agree 100% with the folks that say market yourself, but you got to have something to market. Are you physical enough to play in college? Are your tools good enough? Have you performed well enough? Are you as good or better than what they have? Can you help them win? Next Level Baseball is saying it is important to market yourself, but you've got to go out and do the work and be physically and mentally ready to play in college. Today I covered the first myth, myth number one of athletic scholarships, that are listed in the Recruit Me 3.0 system manual. This is one of ten of the myths. Next Tuesday's episode will reveal myth number two of athletic scholarships. Myth number two is... 
If I'm talented, the coach can get me into the school despite my poor grades. Please go to recruit-me.com to take advantage of the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. The new holiday special on the Recruit Me 3.0 system is a special price of only $99 for the holiday season. Plus, I'll send you the recruiting checklist. The recruiting checklist is normally found on recruit-me.com backslash tools for only $1, or it is on page 5 of the Athletic Scholarship 24-Month Planner and Journal book. The recruiting checklist is a great resource that has nine categories that will help you organize your recruiting journey. A great resource from Recruit Me is the Athletic Scholarship 24-Month Recruiting Planner and Journal, written by John Fugler. You can get this book by contacting me at brent at recruit-me.com or by ordering it on Amazon, both for only $19.99. The 24-month Planner and Journal is a 356-page, personal, all-in-one resource book for a successful recruiting experience. The first helpful pages have a place to list 100 schools as a prospect list. Create a healthy list of schools and take initiative to contact them. Don't wait for coaches to come to you. You need to be proactive. That's the secret to getting on a coach's radar. Start with a list of 40 to 50 schools and update the list throughout the recruiting process. The next few pages of the book have a chart to set and mark off 12-month goals, and then it has a 12-month calendar. A page of the 12-month goals could look like this. It has the date you started and goals like contact 20 schools by July 31st, Achieve a 3.2 GPA in the first semester. Visit two schools by September 30th. Have 10 phone conversations with coaches. Have five coaches watch me compete. Get invited to two showcases. Receive five offers by the end of the 12 months. These are just examples of some of the things that you could list out over a 12-month period as your goals. There is a column to mark off your goals as you meet them. You can use the bottom half of the 12-month goal page to make more notes, like a list of your top school choices or a reminder to do research on prospect camps. The 12-month calendar is a sheet of 12 blank blocks that you can fill in the months for your 12-month planner and then write in actual events like showcases, camps, ACT or SAT test dating, official or unofficial visit dates, or update reminders. Next week, I will cover the one-month goal page and the one-month goal calendar pages. From there, the book breaks down into weekly planner pages. Please help me and the Athletic Scholarship Podcast by giving it a five-star rating and leaving a review. Join me next Tuesday for the next Athletic Scholarship Podcast, 15 minutes that will change your scholarship future.